0: Welcome back to People Analytics. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton. Today I have with me Filipa Colfinho, who is VP of Human Resources at Signal Financial Federal Credit Union. Filipa, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's great to be here.
0: So tell me, you know, who you are, what you do, and why you do it.
1: Um, Well, as you said, my name is Felipe Cofino, and and, um, I I have been uh, somebody who's been very passionate about HR and recruitment for the last 25 years. Um, I've been an HR exec, and over the last 15 years, I really discovered my passion around recruitment, helping people find jobs in the right company with the right culture, um, and really making sure that they have the right opportunity to do what they do best. And, um, and with that, I've actually had a lot of passion behind LinkedIn and helping finding people that need help and, and sharing some of my experience out there for others to benefit from. Um, so, you know, today, you know, I'm fortunate to be the VP of HR at Signal Financial. Um, it's been a long journey. I started off in hotel industry and then switched over to financial. Um, but it's been a great, great journey.
0: And there was someone in your hotel experience uh, that really helped you decide to, you know, go into the people space. Can you talk about that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I used to work for Hyde Hotels for 23 years. And, um, you know, when I was, first started, I was in the operations for the first five years. And I had this amazing HR director. Uh, his name was um, Mark Kirkendall. And I'll never forget, he was somebody who was just very real. You know, uh, you know, I I had experienced HR people that were always just very diplomatic. It's always like, oh, well, you have to understand the manager and why they got upset or, you know, always just trying to be that balance. And he was just somebody who just called it as it was. And what really really inspired me was how he handled situations. When there was a situation that came up, he didn't make it about himself. He didn't sit there and try to be in the spotlight. He tried to address the issue as discreetly and confidentially for the benefit of the employee, but also to solve it and make it so that the employee could have a better work environment and a good opportunity. Um, And the way he did it was just so inspirational. And I just looked at him and I was like, you know what, I want to do what you do. I want to be able to help people the way you do it and not make it about you. And, And he was somebody who just, again, when I brought an issue to him, he was also very open. He was like, you know, I brought an issue that I found out about another executive that was doing something a little unethical. And I didn't know what to do about it. So I went to him and he's like, listen, You may not see everything I'm doing, but I'm going to have to deal with this very carefully because she's one of my peers and I'm going to look into it. And what was amazing was it was addressed. He looked into it. And at the end, I saw the results of what he did, but I never once heard about it. And it wasn't like rumors around the, the hotel. So he was just somebody that really led by example and truly was a strong advocate for both the company and the employee.
0: Yeah. And I remember uh, when we first touched base, you said that you admired him because he does things for the right reasons. So what do the right reasons look like to you as someone in the people space? Well,
1: you know, the right reasons, you know, I, I love the quote, uh, Martin Luther King's quote, you know, it's always the right time to do the right thing, you know? And, and for him, he really was somebody who, when he looked at situations and he saw that somebody was being, um, not given the right opportunity or being excluded you know, he always looked for the opportunity to speak up and and ask about, hey, what about this person? Um, he always looked at it from an angle of what's the right thing to do, and, and when he did that, you could see what ideas came out of it and what other people added to it as well. And it really was something that was amazing to see that he was a great leader, not a manager, a leader, and 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 he led people to and help people succeed. He helped people resolve issues amicably. He was able to really create a culture of psychological safe environments. And it really was just an amazing experience. He really just really helped build the culture from the bottom up. And and it was something that he brought everyone into it and took them along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Uh, other managers started following his lead and practicing the way he did things. And it really led to doing the right thing for the employees and for the company.
0: Mm -hmm. And you made clear that a manager and a leader are different. Uh, What does that difference to you look like?
1: You know, a, a manager to me, you know, will manage a process, you know, do the job. A leader is going to invest in their time and get to know their staff, get to know their employees. A leader is going to recognize when an employees having a bad day or, or something's off on them that typically they are performing at, at a high standard, but maybe lately you notice that they're just not themselves. A leader is going to go and ask and check what's going on with you. Is everything okay? You don't seem like yourself instead of just knocking them down for not doing something that's good as they used to. Um, yeah. A leader also is going to lead by example and make sure that when they ask somebody, something of some of their team that they're also practicing it themselves and a leader is going to roll up their sleeves and pitch in and help out where needed um, but again they they're going to make sure that they are staying true hopefully to the core values of the company and the mission and the vision while helping the employees grow and and that investment in time is is huge you know uh, managers oh, yeah. will get the job done but their investment in the staff and then the company sometimes they don't really care about that a leader looks at all aspects and, and definitely cares
0: awesome that's a really great way to look at it and i totally agree um so let's talk about your jump into the hr world what was that like I, and what was uh, your first hire like
1: well you know my first hire it was very um Very new to me. And it was something that I was very excited about getting HR. And when I got the opportunity to go to another Hyde hotel and start in HR, um, I went through the interview process and I found my first candidate. And I never forget my director saying, okay, go ahead, make the offer. I'm like, oh, I get to do it. And I was kind of excited. (laughs) So I went to uh, her and I, I shared with her, like, I'd like to officially offer you the job for this position. Uh, here's the pay. And if you accept your start date would be on this date, you know, what do you, how do you feel about this? And she started crying. And I thought Mm -hmm. maybe she was unhappy with it. And I go, I'm sorry, is everything okay? And she's like, no, you don't understand how much this means to me and my family Mm -hmm. and the fact that we're going to be able to put food on the table. And it was just such a a wake up moment for me. And I realized Mm -hmm. that hiring managers and recruiters do not take the ability to offer a job too lightly because it is mm-hmm. a life changing event for them. And, and yeah. when you give them that opportunity, that's something that is going to hopefully make their life easier, better, and, and provide some job security and some financial security. You know, just like terminations, you know, at the end of the day, you, uh, when managers come to me and say, uh, this employee is just getting, you know, it's not working out. I, I want to get rid of them. I'm like, Have you had any discussions or documented anything? Like, no, no, no. I go, great. Mm -hmm. Well, start off with a verbal warning because you're going to start from the very beginning because we don't terminate people just because you're tired of them. We invest in them and try to help them turn it around. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I tell my managers, I go, how would you feel if I told you right now today, you lost your job, you have to go home and tell your family, you don't have a paycheck, Mm -hmm. you don't have insurance, you don't know how you're paying your mortgage. Think about that. Think about the impact of telling somebody that they've lost their job and how it's going to impact their life. When you think about that, you're going to take that more seriously and you're going to invest a little bit more in your employees and realize, I don't want to do that to them. I don't want to fire them. I want to see them grow. And if you take that route, I think that's where it leads to that common phrase of employees terminate themselves. If you really Mm -hmm. are trying to do everything you can for them and helping them succeed and they just aren't able to do it or choose not to then that's more on them. And you can go to sleep knowing that you tried everything possible to help them succeed. And if if they failed, it was because they weren't willing or didn't have the desire to.
0: Mm -hmm. And empathy is such a huge theme, you know, with the guests that I speak with um, and for you to, to say, what would it feel like to you to, to be fired? That's, you know, leading, literally (laughs) leading with empathy in its own definition. Um, And another theme that I that's common on the show is a lot of um, uh, people leaders I've spoken with, they have um, pulled from toxic experiences. And I know that you are one of those people who, you know, your empathy is also rooted in, you know, I don't want this to happen to other people. You know, I don't want to make this mistake that this person made in my past. So can you talk a little bit about uh, that experience?
1: Absolutely. And and just you know to reiterate about the empathy, you know, I, I always stress to my managers, be empathetic. Don't be sympathetic as much, be more empathetic because you mm-hmm. know, sometimes when we're too, we're too sympathetic, we get brought down with their emotions. You know, that's where I think we you know, use yeah. it down and start trying with them or you start you know, feeling sad, you know, empathy is understanding. And, and I think that's so important. And emotional intelligence also in a leader, you know, having that emotional intelligence so you can recognize. But as far as a toxic work environment, you know, um, I, I did have um, one of my more recent past jobs um, was the most toxic work environment I had ever experienced. And mm-hmm. it was something that it came from the top down, hands down, and it mm-hmm. had been like that way for a while. And it was one of those things where people did not want to, Change. they were used to that mm-hmm. of being, and it's like misery loves company almost and it was yeah. people actually told me uh one uh, actually the ceo told me one time stop being so kind and happy and oh and yikes I, and i'm like Ooh. i go i have to terminate employees you know i i like to balance that a little bit with being kind and and mm-hmm. and uh and helpful and that's how I build those relationships. And he's like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. we, we don't need that here. And I was just baffled by that. Oh. And it got to the point where it, doc- the doc- toxicity actually came into HR. I had two mm-hmm. of my managers, my payroll manager, my benefits manager, no lie, they got into a squabble and refused to speak to each other for two months. Unless they, oh were, unless they were in a meeting with me and they had to answer questions. Otherwise, they, and I was like, that is not mature that's not professional no but it's it's what they were used to i mean yeah. you know, and one of the, the last thing i'll say is that you know when you have a leader that's leading that way and does things like if they were upset with a certain um executive they would have them he would have them move their office down the hall further away from him and have it and everyone move just because they didn't agree with him and so that's one of the things that when i got to my place where I am today, it really was a wake-up call, and I realized, you know, you learn a lot what not to do. That's one mm-hmm. of the things I really learned what not to do, and I took away the good things that they did. They, they, did, they did some good things too, but it was mostly, you know, negative. And mm-hmm. when we got to Signal Financial, I'll never forget, I'll sitting down at our first, first executive meeting, and we were all talking about, I said, you know, where did everyone come from, and what was your experience? Everyone around the table shared that they came and left a toxic work environment and just to a signal where they are now and it was an aha moment for all of us because i said so hold on so we all know what it feels like we all don't want that ever again and Mm -hmm. now we are in leadership roles today where we're able to make sure that that never happens so if we allow this place to become toxic then we fail because we know what it looks like Mm -hmm. and the one thing i'll say is when you have that kind of culture um you know i'll tell you you know i've been two jobs have had great cultures." And mm-hmm. you know, there were three executives that were top performers, two of them top sales performers. They were let go on behavior, not on performance. Mm-hmm. They were, good. And you don't usually hear that about salespeople. You know, a salesperson's performing, yeah. they're like, oh, no, it's okay. We can let it go. Don't worry if they're not, if they're not <laughs> behaving well. They make a lot of money. We can't lose them. Well, now it's a different world in many cases. And I'm happy to say that you know um, when that happens, it's not tolerated. It's addressed. They're given chances. But if they don't improve... They they were like oh, and it was something that mm-hmm. really set the tone for the future because when you have that kind of toxicity and you don't address it, then people think you don't care, and so um, it really is something that I think you know having those experiences again from any job I've learned what not to do and be able to apply it here. It really has made a difference to the point where we have a culture committee that we developed of all different mm-hmm. employees from different positions, different departments, different backgrounds, lifestyles, races, and Everyone has a say and an input, and every time we have an idea, this committee just takes the idea and blows it up in bigger and makes it so nice. much more, so much more richer and valuable. Um, you know, we, we've done everything from cultural events to to event nights to stay people engaged during the pandemic. To we're having our first in person barbecue uh, next Thursday, and to celebrate our seventy fifth anniversary, thank everyone for all their hard work, and we're going to have a dunk tank there to dunk the execs in. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to play a family feud and I surveyed the employees. So I get, oh no, 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 one can, no one can cheat. And I'm looking forward to saying, okay, well, hundred signal employees are surveyed. Top five answers are on the board and, you know, love me <laughs> have fun. Um, but we're also going to cook for them. We're going to um, make sure that they have a chance to have some fun and some prizes. And we're also going to raise money for charity. So that's the beauty of it. And this culture committee, they're all coming together to do this. It's not just HR. Wow. And so nice. learning from what didn't work and what has worked and bringing it here to be able to do it and do, my, do what I do best has been really been a pleasure and an honor.
0: That's so lovely. And uh, like empathy, I know that respect is something that is really important to you in creating a culture of respect. Uh, Cause so could you share what that looks like uh, as from a people perspective?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, there's, I, I always say, and this might not be uh, the most ideal thing, but you know, it, even down to you know, people slip up sometimes and might say a bad word, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I always say, look, if you slip up, you know, in back offices, you know, I'm not going to jump on you, but if you ever direct it at a person, you know, um, that's a whole different thing. And 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 at the end of the day, we are. If you have a cultural respect, if you walk into a place and they don't respect you from day one, that's an issue. But for me, what it looks like is. Making sure that people feel heard, making sure mm-hmm. that people feel like you are there for them, and also helping people grow and learn. And when you have that investment in people, um, I think you know people understand what respect looks like. But also, it's everything from even how you let someone go. You know, when we mm-hmm. have to do a termination. I had a, an employee one time where I was giving them a final written warning, and it was on behavior, and I was very you know, straightforward with them without being nasty, and at the end, you know, they're like, okay, I understand. The next morning, they came in with all their stuff packed up in a box. I thought they were walking out, and they're like, I go, "What are you doing?" It's like, "Well, you're firing me." I'm like, "No, I'm not. Why mm-hmm. why do you think I'm firing you?" It's like, "Well, you're being kind and respectful when you talk to me about the write-up, so I thought that was a play and just preparing me to get mm-hmm. my go today." I'm like. You understand the severity of what I talked to you about, right? And you understand why you can't do it again. It's like absolutely. I go, then why do I have to be nasty? If you got the message, that's it. There's, there's no games Mm. here. And so, but also when you let, if you do it right, and 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 like I said, if you are truly helping someone during a difficult time, uh, saying they're getting documented, and you're at that final written warning point, and say it doesn't work out, and we you do have to let them go. At the end of the day. I'm not going to sit there and beat them down where they're down. I want to make sure that they Mm -hmm. know that they they can walk out of there with some dignity and respect and know that we gave them every chance. And what really shocked me was when I had two employees that we terminated, they sent referrals to- yeah. work at the company. And I thought they're like trying to set us up with some, you know, somebody yeah. else. And, and at the end, I, I called them and I said, can I just curiosity? Uh, why did you refer this in person? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was honest. And the, the interviewer told me this as well, but I wanted to validate it. He basically, they both did, said it was a great place to work. It was a great culture. It didn't work out for me because I messed up, but I definitely would recommend it to other people. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get our current employees just to recommend us to get, you know, hire sometimes. <laughs> so that's when we let go. That really told me a lot. And then the other thing is just making sure that, you know, our CEO, he, he's amazingly respectful and really is somebody who is going to make sure that everyone feels treated with respect um, down to the point where we had an employee, um, she came in one day. She had a, a knee injury. And so we were letting her park at a parking spot right outside the employee entrance. So she didn't have to walk down the hill or up the hill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one day he came in. And when he came in, he noticed that her car was all the way up the hill. So he came in and he's like, Hey, what, what's your car doing up the hill? And why aren't you parked in the reserve spot? And she said, Oh, well, the landscapers were here this morning. So I'll, I wasn't able to park there. So I just parked up the hill. He's like, Give me your keys. I'm going to move your car. And now, Honestly, most CEOs probably would have given the keys to somebody else and saying, hey, yeah. move, car, move her car into this. No, he went out there. He moved the car himself, came back and gave her the keys. It sounds like a little thing, yeah. but how much she appreciated it. And also, again, leading by example, a true leader really isn't yeah. going to sit there and, and pawn everything off on everybody else. They're willing to roll up their sleeves and do it themselves. So um, there's a lot of examples of respect that I could give you, but there are just a few.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. And it's great to hear that you're in a great spot. And you also have, you know, that high experience, you know, that really, really, um, you said was wonderful as well. So I want to go back to the, the firing conversation, because I feel like it's something that is it's there's nuance to it. And, a lot of times it's done wrong, um, so how do you you know it's a very dehumanizing feeling to be on that side of getting fired, so how do you put more human into those moments
1: um in the actual day of like termination or leading up to it
0: uh, let's yeah, let's say both
1: all right well you know leading up to it you know one thing that i' really a lot of the, the the management or leaders in the company have learned you know when They've seen the, uh, I I created a forum called a documentation of expectations. If somebody says to me, they're having challenges with employee, they're not, they're not getting what I want to do clearly. That's okay. Well, before you start writing them up with a verbal warning or written warning, let's start off with a documentation of expectations. It's not going to stop them from their career progression. It's only meant to communicate what you expected them in writing so they can refer back to it. Mm -hmm. That, that right there has been a godsend because it's turned things around, relationships around. I would say we've had about 90% success rate of people that have gotten that, been able to get on the same page with their manager and, and, and move forward. And that's the beauty about communicating and investing time and talking to your employees and laying out your expectations clearly. We all have different communication styles. We have all different ways of doing things. But when you do that, it shows that you're trying to actually help them succeed. And then if you do the documentation process properly, you're, you're, you're talking about every time how to sit there and help them how can they improve it's not about again managing them out it's about this is what you can do and if you do this you'll be okay if people know that sometimes and have the time and ability to do it that's where the magic happens but sometimes again people just don't have the ability or the desire and it does have to end up going to that written warning that final written warning and i always tell people every final written warning i want hr present i told the, the team And the reason for that is I want them to hear from HR. I always use the example of pen. I say, I'll hold a pen up. I go, if this happens again and you drop the pen, next time you're in here, you're going to lose your job. And I don't want that to happen. But I want to make sure very clear that if this happens again, that's what's going to be the result. And I want to make sure Mm -hmm. the employee hears that because sometimes the managers are don't like confronting to have these difficult conversations yeah. and they might seem, make it seem like, Oh, you know what I need, I need to do this, but you'll be okay. No, they need to hear that. If it happens again, they're going to lose their job. But then mm-hmm. when the time comes and we sit down, I, I've actually had a couple of employees um, at each of my jobs. They've come to me and they said, Oh, well um, they walked in and they go, I know I messed up. I it's my fault. What do I need to do? I, I get it that I'm losing my job today. And I was like, okay, well, let's sit down and talk about it. I go, I appreciate mm-hmm. what you're saying, but but they are coming in saying they understand what's going to happen. So it yeah. makes the conversation much easier. But I think that one of the amazing things is that when I was at my last job, um, the team was kind of shocked as I walked out. After a few terminations there, I was walking employees out and the employees weren't crying. They weren't angry. Um, and it was one of those things where they're like, what did you say to them? What, what were used to seeing people in tears, getting angry, storming out, running out, throwing papers. <laughs> and I was like, I just, you know, I let them know that, hey, I, I, first of all, I let them know why it's happening. Secondly, I offer them sometimes, depending on the situation, I offer them say, hey, if there's anything that you need, you know, obviously we can give you a neutral reference here from the company. But if there's something, you want me to take a look at your resume, you know, I'm happy to do that. And I share that, mm-hmm. offer that to people a lot of times because- Sometimes they haven't done the resume in years and they don't know. And yeah. and just to give someone a quick glance and give some feedback to them, I think that's just a small little token of, hey, you know, we appreciate what you did for us here. Sorry it didn't work out, but here's the situation. And a lot of times I walk them through, I said, you know, what what happened? Because sometimes they don't come in and obviously or they get it. Sometimes they're confused. And I said, So what happened? And they tell me what happened. I go, What's the policy? And they'll tell me the policy. I was like, and what did we talk about during our last conversation? And they'll repeat that. And so I ask them, if you were in my shoes, what would you do to Do right now? Mm-hmm. And Interesting. every single time, they end up saying, I would probably terminate the person. Wow. And then so I'm like, so you understand why I have to do what I have to do? It's like, they're like, yeah. I mean, I don't like it, but I understand. And yeah. I think you take them, I always say, take them along for the ride in your mind. Don't just jump to the end. Let them know why we got there and how we got there. And so um, so my old team, which they said, uh, well, your superpower is officially terminating people. I'm like, okay, I want a new superpower. I want to be able to fly, see through walls. I want to run fast. Like, give me something else. That is not what I want. I go, they're like, but you do it well. And people walk out of here with holding their head up with a little bit of dignity and respect. And, and so- As much as I don't like calling it a superpower, I I do appreciate (laughs) that they said that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, that is, that's really great. And, you know, it's so wonderful for me to connect with people like you who put empathy and respect at the core. Um, So before we wrap up, what is something that you would like our audience to know? Um, Or what is something that you'd like to leave them with uh, based on your experience?
1: You know, there's a recent trend, and it's not a new trend, but they've actually put a name on it. And you've probably heard about quiet firing or quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, I've I done a few social audio rooms, LinkedIn audio rooms on this, um, and we're doing another one in two weeks. But it's one of those things where this concept's not new. And for those who don't know, quiet quitting is where people have gone above and beyond, have been always giving extra and more. They're not being appreciated. They're not being paid properly for it. They're not being recognized. Um, and some kind sometimes taking advantage because they're good at a certain skill set. Um, so employees sometimes are now what they're doing is, or what they've done also in the past, is that they have said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna do my job and I'm gonna do it very well. And I'm gonna make sure I do everything that's required me in my job description, and I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. But I think we're gonna stop. Burning myself out by trying to go the extra mile and go above and beyond. If it's not being recognized or appreciated, or if it's not giving me an opportunity for growth, or if I'm taking on an extra duty permanently, I'm not being compensated on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think for people that are in those situations, I always say, you know, one, talk to somebody that you trust. If it's HR, great. If it's a mentor, a leader, somebody you trust to get some advice and guidance because sometimes, you know, there might be a resolution there. But if you Mm. find that that's just the culture and the way it is, maybe it's not the right place for you and maybe it's a chance for you to look somewhere else. Now, the other thing on the flip side is quiet firing. This is the one that just burns me up because this is the Mm. epitome of toxic environment and it's intentional. It's so intentional and it's when people decide to put pressure on you, make your work life so difficult and miserable, not include you in things to the point where you want to quit. So instead of addressing issues and doing it professionally and respectfully, they are, I'm sorry, cowards and are afraid to have those difficult conversations. So instead, they're going to make the work environment horrible for them so that in hopes that they quit without having to be fired. And so for those people, I always say, sometimes HR is not aware that's happening in the department. It might only be one department manager that's doing that. But if you don't let HR know, um, they can't fix it. So- speak up, say something. If you don't trust your HR department, go to your CEO or your leader. But this has got to be brought up because that is creating a hostile work environment, toxic, and it's something that can destroy the culture. And also at the end of the day, it's not worth your mental and physical health to suffer because someone is creating that environment for you. So if that's the case and nobody's hearing you, find a way to get a job or leave, but get a job first. Don't, quit and leave without getting a job first because you're only going to hurt yourself, that company's going to replace you and they're going to move on and 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 they might miss your skill set, but they're going to replace you. And I always say, at the end of the day, focus on yourself, on your physical and mental health because just like I said, your job's going to replace you if you leave. But if you passed away, your job's still going to replace you. But guess what? Your family's not going to post a position for a new father, mother, brother, sister, it, it, that's their life. They're going to have to live with that. Yeah. So, so that's got to be a priority, I think for everyone. So that's a very long message to everyone, but that, that would be my message.
0: <laughs> that is a great message. Thank you so much. I, that's, you know, it is, uh, of, we have 100%. I've been part of, you know, a, a quiet firing and it's stressful. You, you, you know, that lack of transparency, it gives you so much anxiety and it makes it really bad. So I'm really happy that you brought it up because we, these are the topics we have to talk about.
1: <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, there's difficult conversations and, and, and keep on bringing it to light. Cause if we don't bring it to light, it's not going to change.
0: Exactly. So if people want to get to know you, uh, what's the best way to do so? You said LinkedIn's great.
1: I am. That's probably my platform of choice. I'm actively on LinkedIn. Right. I'm, I'm either commenting, liking, or posting or putting out content. Um, I do LinkedIn audio rooms every Wednesday. I uh, have one tonight at eight o'clock and I have a one I do biweekly, which is about quiet quitting and quiet firing um, every other Monday. So we had one this past Monday. We have the next one in two weeks. It actually is going to be called quiet quitting, quiet firing. Does HR have your back? Wow. Which as an awesome. HR person, I was kind of like, do I want to do this? I'm like, no, you know what? There are places that have a bad HR experience. So yeah. what a good HR experience looks like and what to do if you do have a bad one, who do you go to? What do you, where do you go? Right. So LinkedIn is the best place to find me there. Um, that is my platform of choice. I've got a small page on YouTube, but really LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so so much, Philippa. And if you or anyone you know is like Philippa who wants more empathy and respect in the workplace, reach out to me, Lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.